Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Progress, a podcast about entrepreneurs figuring out how to be successful in real time. I'm Bridget Price. And I'm Lauren Kemp. And we're two entrepreneurs who have built businesses that bring in $300,000 and $700,000 in revenue per year and started some businesses that have lost a few thousand too. We're sharing our experiences of what the entrepreneurship journey is really like to help you become confident, successful entrepreneurs faster than we did. Today, we're answering, what do you do when nothing seems to be working? In the beginning, it can take a while to figure out what will drive sales and very difficult troubleshooting what part of the process is really the issue. When should you test or make changes? What should you do if you run out of ideas? Lauren and I answer those questions as we share our experiences from our own businesses. Let's get started. Lauren, what do you do when nothing seems to be working in your business? We start making adjustments in testing because there are so many things, especially when it comes to sales and especially in the beginning, and it's not always obvious which part you need to improve. Is it our sales pitch? Is it our follow-up? Is it the quality of our leads? Does our proposal need to be stronger? Are we communicating our value in a way that resonates with prospects? Is it the pricing? Is it a combination of a few of those things? There's just so many different things in the beginning. You don't know what's not working because it doesn't mean nothing's working. You just have one kink in the process and then that could be causing all the pain and suffering and the mm -hmm. issues. <laughs> so <laughs> Not pain and suffering. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll look at every step of the process and see where we can improve and also where we can test. So for example, Brian might try different messaging and sales pitches to see what kinds of reactions he gets. We've also redesigned our proposals to include more details about our value and what clients can expect when working with us. And then of course, we've also played around with pricing, but I feel like that's one of the last things that you want to mess around with. Yeah, for sure. I think that in the beginning, you don't know what to change and you're scared to change anything. You're trying to be patient, but you're freaking the hell out because <laughs> nothing is working and you've done all of the planning up to start your business. And for some entrepreneurs, you've even technically have done the work. You're mm -hmm. like in Brian's case, he was already consulting for Pardot. Mm -hmm and Salesforce. And in my past experiences with my consulting business, I was already working with people. And then when you decide to take it a step further and make this an official business, now all of a sudden you can't get those leads anymore. You were not closing sales and you're like, what do I do? And you don't know what it is that you need to change, right? Also, depending on the circumstances or your situation, you don't have all the time in the world to play around with things, right? Mm -hmm. um, for example, you could be working full time and you're trying to grow a side hustle and you don't have all the resources and time available to grow it at a capacity that you need to grow it in or troubleshoot what's going on. You kind mm -hmm. of just a sitting duck essentially. Or you've made that full on leap and you've completely quit your job mm -hmm. and you started your business and you have to make money. <laughs> you're you're yeah. swindling and it's really tough because you have to figure out the right moment to make a change. So when do you know it's time to make changes and how long do you test for? It's really hard to tell in the beginning what you need to do because you have to give yourself time to see if the things you've implemented truly aren't working or mm -hmm. if you need a little bit more time. When mm -hmm. you are a business owner, it's really hard to be patient. But I've learned that being patient is very important. You have to be in tune with what your business is trying to tell you. 
what the market is trying to tell you, what your mm -hmm. customers are trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Many business owners are very staunch in their original idea of their business. So then mm -hmm. they ignore opportunities or the direction that the company is trying to take them in. So for me, I sit still and process what is happening. Then of course we take action. Marcus is faster <laughs> than I am. He will pivot like he is LeBron James. Okay. He will like, oh, this isn't working. Okay. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go like, whoa, whoa, slow down. So I'm always cautioning him to move a bit slower, not too slow, but not too fast mm -hmm. where we are making rash decisions. Yeah. For us, we know it's time to make changes when we're not hitting our monthly revenue goals. Some of the changes are quick, like the messaging testing, mm -hmm. and that might take, you know, a few weeks or a month, but you can tell faster what's working. The more often you have data for that particular thing, the quicker you'll be able to make those decisions. So you have the fast decisions and the slower decisions. So like with our price changes, it was like a few months of testing our custom scopes where we eventually found we hit the ceiling for a particular market. Mm. And so with pricing, you know, it's harder to tell right away how it has affected your business. You need that time to evaluate the real impacts. So I think it depends on what you're testing. And then of course, just making sure that you give it enough time to evaluate it. Based on your experience, when did that time period fall? Was it like a couple of weeks of testing, a month of testing? I know time can be arbitrary for most people because businesses are different, but was there mm -hmm. a window that you and Brian gave yourselves when you're like, okay, time to change the price. Like we waited this long, we're gonna play with this now. I don't think we set a specific timeline. I think it was with the price change, it was probably between four and six months before mm -hmm. we could really evaluate. And that's also because we do fewer projects. So if like you have a business that's getting a lot of sales, a higher quantity, you're mm -hmm. probably able to see the impact of that a lot faster. Whereas if you get a lower quantity of deals or sales, because it's just the nature of your business, we have higher revenue per sale. That's going to take us a little bit longer to see what the true impact of that change was. Yeah. Products are different, right? Even with things. services, because I think about Made Easy, you guys have a high volume of sales and your services. You're kind of in between, I guess. Or do you consider yourself services? No, we definitely consider ourselves services. But yeah, you're right. We operate in a more high volume capacity versus a consulting business like mm -hmm. you and Brian, where the price point is higher per sale. And so you're not going to know if it's exactly the price just yet because you're not mm -hmm. servicing a hundred people a month. Um, yeah. We're no. <laughs> like, and you have clients that are very high end and you customize services to them and they pay a certain price point for that. Mm -hmm. As a cleaning business, fortunately or unfortunately, we're a dime a dozen essentially. So we expect to have more customers and we can play around with the price a little bit more. We have more flexibility with that. But Marcus is very price sensitive for the business, meaning yeah. he is not prone to change pricing right away. He's going to mm -hmm. kind of wait it out. I will do some testing. I'm like, let's play with the promotions this month. Let's see how that drives revenue. And he's okay with me testing it and trying it out. But he's like, yep, our prices are our prices. Yeah. <laughs> we're going with what the market says. If it's us not being able to convert, there's something else that we need to focus on in the funnel. Yeah. I definitely think pricing is the last thing that you want to try mm. testing and changing because there are so many other things that you can do. And if you know your price is within the market range, then it's usually not that. 
So right. you can usually test out a bunch of other things and then start playing with the pricing after you feel like you've really honed in those other areas of the process. Yeah, very valid point. So when was the moment your business wasn't working and what did you and Marcus do? We low-key panicked. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to Made Easy, Marcus and I had two different approaches when things weren't working. Marcus would throw in the towel because he wasn't rich in two weeks. <laughs> and I have a habit of trying to see things through. Marcus isn't as flighty as it might sound, but he is very thorough. So for him, mm -hmm. he didn't start the business two weeks ago and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. He started the business a year ago or two years ago with mm -hmm. all of the planning and setting up the processes. For me, I'm very creative. So I often take unconventional or non-traditional approaches to see what works. Mm -hmm. So for example, as a service-based business, we often struggle with hiring. And the main reason for that is because we started off using subcontractors. These people can create their own hours, schedule, et cetera, but it also means that they have to be prepared for the job. So they need to have their own transportation and they need to have their own equipment. Well, mm -hmm. we found out that a lot of the people that we interviewed and moved them through the process they said they had their own equipment or no problem getting their supplies. But then after we set a start date, they'd go ghost. Once we tracked them down and asked them what happened, they copped to not being able to get their own supplies and equipment and that actually being a barrier. With subcontractors for new entrepreneurs out there, if you're not operating with employees out the gate, you can't treat them like an employee. That means you can't provide them with what they need to be successful at their job. And so they have to be responsible for that aspect. And it's a very parallel relationship. Like I'm gonna give you this work, you're gonna go execute, and then I'm gonna pay you for your said services in the manner in which you prefer to be paid. And by operating differently than that, it's actually a violation of employment law because you're toast up in the line there. However, you can sell them supplies and equipment. So that's what we did. I looked into the legalities of all of this. Mm -hmm. And even though Marcus is very adamant, no, they have to have their own supplies and equipment. I kept seeing over and over again, it's not working. We're getting people all the way to the end of the finish line with the hiring process. Mm -hmm. And then they ghost because the majority of them did not have the tools to do the job. So mm -hmm. I thought, what can we do that will be legal that mm -hmm. will not get us in trouble and still allow us to hire them. And that was having them purchase their supplies and equipment through us. And that mm -hmm. made it so much easier for them. And it took a lot of stress off of our contractors. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't have some of the people that we have now that we've been able to convert to employees if it wasn't for that type of thinking. I think it's a great point you bring up about you knew exactly where in the process people were falling off. And so I think that's such an important part of figuring out what's not working is you start by going mm -hmm. through the process from start to finish and you see, okay, at this stage, you know, mm -hmm. what's happening. And then at this stage, what is happening. And by methodically going through, you can try to figure out, oh, okay, here's where there's a big problem. It's at this stage. So I think mm -hmm. when things aren't working out and you're trying to figure out what it is, start at the beginning, it could be you have terrible leads. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be even before they are even introduced to you. <laughs> so right. it's just figuring out where when the process things are breaking down, because the earlier it is, it just trickles down further until you're at the end. 
And I'm lucky that Marcus, you know, he is very much a stickler for following the rules. Mm -hmm. And I like to bend them a little bit. But I'm grateful for that because it allowed me to think about what can I do or what can we do that's within these constraints that won't get Mm -hmm. us in trouble. And just trying to think creatively to help solve a problem is what you have to do when something's not working and you have to be able to identify it rather quickly Mm -hmm. and then come up with a solution. So what do you do when you're stuck? I feel like when I'm stuck, I think my body sometimes shuts down, if that makes sense. So if I'm stuck, I literally can't really look at the problem or address it immediately. If I've tried multiple things, if I've tried to figure out a solution and nothing is working or coming to me, I shut down on that problem and focus on something else. And so it's not a full shutdown, but yeah, if I'm stuck, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to come back and revisit this because sometimes you Mm -hmm. can burn yourself out by trying to solve a pressing problem. You're like, okay, I need to Mm -hmm. remove myself from this so I can have more clarity around it later. And so that's what I usually do. Or I look to somebody to bounce ideas off of or tell them what we're going through and Mm -hmm. try to get some more inspiration somehow. Yeah, it's good to get some fresh eyes on the problem and take a step back. We've also done the step back from it and return to it later. And the best example I have for that is for years, we've been trying to sell a managed services package. I like, I want the recurring revenue. I want more stability. Our first two offerings, no one wanted. The first offering was probably too expensive. And so, mm-hmm. you know, six months, eight months, whatever later, we're like, all right, maybe it's the price. So we'll do this lower offering. And then nobody cared about it either. Oh, no. And we're just like, and we're hearing from people like, we know that it's something that people yeah. want ongoing admin services. They want help with their Salesforce org, but we cannot figure it out. What is the price point that they feel comfortable with? And what's also the actual services we're offering? Because it's not just going to be like unlimited. And finally, this year, we settled on, all right, we're going to do bucket of hours. It was a price range in between the previous two that we had tried. Mm. Um, And that finally worked. We have Mm. four managed services clients and a couple more that might potentially happen. And that is a problem that we have been facing for years, like two and a half years. Wow. We've tried two different offerings and had time in between and we've tried to adjust. And it's just like one of the things we tried it and like, all right. And then we just backed away from it for a while and then try again and then slowly back away again. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. such a great feeling when it clicks? When yeah. something that you've been playing with or trying to modify or adjust mm-hmm. works? Yeah, we found the thing that was the right offering and price range. And, you know, you got to build up that trust with customers. Now we're like furiously building our systems and processes to maintain managed Mm -hmm. services. But yeah, it's one of those problems that we knew there was an opportunity and we Mm -hmm. didn't want to give up on that, but we couldn't get it right the first two times. And you got to give it time. Let me ask you something with the managed services, because I know that typically your services are based off of one-time implementation situation, Mm -hmm. right? And so did you see the opportunity that customers or clients needed an ongoing package, ongoing management, ongoing services? Yeah, absolutely. Brian's client facing and he's talking with everybody that we work with. And as a project wraps up, you get an idea for whether that they might need another project Mm. or if they're good for now. And he knew based on talks with all these either prospects or clients that they needed 
and they wanted, but we mm. just couldn't get the right combination of offering deliverables and pricing. And then we finally did. And now mm -hmm. things are working out great. <laughs> That's awesome. I only bring that up because those are the opportunities that I'm talking about that show mm -hmm. up in your business that you mm -hmm. have to be in tune with. Mm -hmm. And you can't just reside on, we're doing it this way, we're kind of one-time implementation solution. Mm -hmm. They'll have to figure out where to get their managers elsewhere. They need to hire someone internally, whatever the case may be. You have to listen to what your clients are saying that they need or want and determine how you can add that to your business. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important that you guys were able to determine the right package or offering to mm -hmm. give to your clients and have this recurring business. I'm so excited for you guys. Yay, thanks. <laughs> I am too. So if um, you could choose one thing to take away from this episode, what would it be? To test and test in a methodical way. Data is your friend. As long as you have a way to test, that's mm -hmm. how you figure out what is working, what's not working and how to adjust. So mm -hmm. that would be my takeaway. How about you? <laughs> I got to piggyback off of that. Part of testing mm -hmm. is part of being creative. I think that you have to be flexible because your business will tell you what your business is, not you. And <laughs> I know that's crazy, but it's true. You just have to listen to your business. It'll tell you. That's great. That's it for today. As you continue figuring out how to drive sales, join us in the Entrepreneurs in Progress Supercast community. For only $5 a month, you get to join a community of fellow fans and entrepreneurs to discuss entrepreneurship, as well as have access to Ask Me and Bridget Anything, behind the scenes content, and a shout out in our future episodes. Once you're in, tell us where you're stuck and we'll help brainstorm ideas to help you with your sales processes. The link to join our Supercast community is in the show notes. Your support helps ensure that we can keep creating this podcast, whether it's contributing to our Supercast community, joining our LinkedIn group, or even just sharing episodes with your friends and family. Thanks for listening and until next time.